Well, good morning. Welcome to everyone to the April 9th edition of the Ag Market Network monthly cotton market teleconference. Uh, we are uh, very appreciative of our sponsor who makes this program possible for you. That is BASF. They are, as you know, the owners of Fibermax and Stoneville Cottonseed. So we do thank them for everything they do to make this possible. Uh, today our cotton panel is being led by Gerald Nieper. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure our entire panel will be here today. Uh, Kip might not be here. We'll, we'll, hopefully he will sh join us shortly. Uh, Gerald, thanks for leading us in our discussion today. Well, thank you, Pat. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here this morning. Well, it's still this morning here in, in, in California, but uh, elsewhere I'm sure it's not. Uh, at any rate, uh, you know, the USDA came out with a report today that wasn't uh, – um, we were just having an earlier discussion about whether it was friendly or vanilla. I kind of looked at it as vanilla, but it was a little friendly when – when you sat there, and especially when you look at, you know, knocking down world-ending stocks by just over a million bales, but uh, uh, very few changes, you know, large changes around the world. Um, on the production side, not much happened. In fact, world production was reduced to only 276,000 bales. Um, three countries basically accounted for, for most of that. Uh, Argentina was down 50, Australia down 100,000. Turkmenistan down to 80,000, so that's 230 of the 276,000 bales and, and uh, uh, 276,000 bale reduction in, in world uh, production. Uh, on the consumption side, uh, world consumption was raised 387,000 bales. Um, the uh, um, you know Bangladesh was up 200,000, China up 250. Indonesia was, was actually knocked down a little bit, down 150,000, but uh, Mexico was up 150,000. So just small changes here and there, but, uh, you know, it resulted in a, almost a 400,000 bell increase in, in world uh, uh, consumption. On the, uh, you know, on the trade side, you know, USDA increased Brazilian exports. They've been very strong. USDA noted that uh, Brazilian exports have been very strong. Um, in, so far in, in this crop year, um, West African between uh, Burkina Faso and Cote d'Ivory or the Ivory Coast, 75,000. And the U.S., not, not, no, not surprising, they were ra raised 250,000 bales. I, I was a little bit surprised that they raised it this month, but um, um, maybe I shouldn't be, you know, given the, the pace of sales and, and the strong shipment numbers that we've seen so far. You know, from a from an ending stock viewpoint, uh, you know, USDA reduced world ending stocks by 1.1 million bales. A big chunk of that uh, came out of Brazil, down 500,000. Of course, they would since they increased their their exports by 500,000 bales. Chinese ending stocks were raised 575,000 bales only because the USDA lifted uh, both consumption and imports into China. They lifted uh, imports into China by, by 500,000. So uh, Pakistan ending stocks were up 100,000 bales, but again, you know, ending, or imports in Pakistan were, were lifted by that much as well. U.S. ending stocks as a result of the reduction or the increase in, 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 uh, in, in exports, U.S. ending stocks were taken down to 3.9 million bales. It's down 300,000 bales from from this last month, um, I guess overall, when you, when you look at the numbers, 
Um, you know, it sort of sneaks up on you, I think, that, you know, world-ending stocks are now down to 93.5 million bales. Um, but when you take China, when you take China out of it, you know, ending stocks are down uh, almost 6 million bales from last year. They were down to 55.6 million bales versus, or 55.6 versus 61.5 in the 2019 crop year. So kind of sneaky there in terms of, you know, stocks getting tighter outside of China and around the world. Um, and, and, you know, no better uh, illustration of that is, is here in the United States, you know, at 3.9. Um, and there's probably going to be further reductions in the U.S. ending stock. USDA did nothing with the uh, the U.S. production number, but, you know, that, which is not atypical for the month of uh, April as they'll wait for the final uh, production number to come out in, in June. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a further probably 150,000 bale reduction in, in, in U.S. production this next month. And there's a very good possibility that you raise, you know, exports maybe another 150,000 to 250,000 bales. So, you know, you're looking at possibly another 300,000 to 450,000 bale reduction in U.S. ending stocks, which would take us down to 3, 4, 3, 5 level. Uh, which would be, you know, pretty darn tight going into this new crop year. Now, what would drive some some extra exports out there, possibly? Uh, U.S. exports, uh, you know, there's a lot of rumors floating around that the Chinese are going to release some sliding scale quota. Um, That probably won't be released maybe until early May. And, uh, you know, as as the Chinese are are often uh, credited with doing, you know, they, they talk to the industry. The industry is aware that they're going to release these quotas, and uh, then they go out and buy, and then China starts releasing the rumors that, that those quotas are going to be released. So, you know, it wouldn't be surprising if, A, some big sales have already happened to China, or, B, some sales are being negotiated, you know, into China as, as we move forward. So. You know, I, I would think that uh, maybe in the next, I don't know, roughly month, we should see, we should continue to see some pretty decent sales uh, moving forward. Um, you know, some people express the fact that that uh, what mills are buying are the cheapest bales available out there for sale, um, and I think that you know there's a lot of truth to that. And as uh, as we move forward a lot of these cheaper bales, meaning the lower quality stuff, you know, has already moved into, into export hands, has been sold. And so, you know, really, what do we have left to sell? Well, I guess that leaves the better stuff. If, if <laughs> Whatever the better stuff is, you know, left in, in inventories and in, in, uh, merchants and in co-op hands. I don't think there's a lot of grower cotton uh, still available out there. I mean, what, I think whatever grower cotton was available probably was made available when this market was uh, in the upper 80s and, and lower 90s. Uh, so, you know, it's, the cotton that is available is in pretty strong hands right now in either merchant hands or co-op, cooperative hands. And uh, so I don't, I don't think we – and this stuff has probably already been hedged, so I don't know that we are going to see a lot of selling pressure. It's just getting these speculators on board to uh, – 
to ramp prices up uh, to, to a little bit higher levels, which I think we will be moving higher as, as we move forward. Um, that would be my comments in, in general, Pat, and if anybody's got any questions or OA or John, you care to, uh, to elaborate on anything, please feel free. Well, I'll start off. I, I, your latter part there, I think, is a very, very good argument for the resumption of some strength in, uh, you know, in the July uh, contract and in and in the remaining uh, bales that are left to be sold. I, I, I agree with that. That sounds that sounds reasonable. And I, and I, I'm not. I haven't done math on it to guesstimate what what is left to be. Um, you mentioned things are probably already hedged. So what's left to be, you know, bought back to contribute to some of that um, strength in in the July as it uh, as it matures. But I, I think I think that possibility is certainly there. Away. Well, I thought Gerald did an outstanding job. I have to give him an A plus. I. The only additional comment I can make, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, is that we, for the second consecutive month, the USDA increased world trade. And, uh, of course, I think that obviously the numbers that Gerald gave us implied that that was probably the case. And it is the case. And any time we see an increase in world trade, it, it's, it, you know, it just drops right down to demand. And uh, that's where bullish markets, that's where good markets, that's where upward trending markets come from. That's the man, and we're seeing good numbers there. That's it. All right. Um, i tell you what, we're going to talk more, but I, I want to open it up for our listeners. If you're out there listening uh, and you've got a question for our group, uh, we want you to ask it. Now, what I'll need to do is turn the recorder off. Uh, because it gets loud when we unmute these phones, and I'll let you ask a question if you've got one of our group, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll mute it again. So be patient with us, uh, because that's just sort of the way we have to do this, and we do want questions. So let me go ahead and and uh, turn off the mute, and uh, and we'll get uh, and take a question. Wow. Oh, that is. Thank you. What question? Awesome. <laughs> you got to speak up if you're out there, but if you got a question for our group, uh, please ask. All right. About to turn it back off. All right. Sweet girl. <laughs> well, I'm just wondering who's sweet girl. <laughs> well, we're going to have to mute. Now, if you want to know why we mute the phones, that, that's pretty much it. <laughs> to hear the wind blow. It's not a lot of wind blowing. That must be way Ask Gerald uh, because I, I mean uh, it's about the on call report, Gerald to John, uh, and I know as you commented on it last night that the uh, basically the merchants or whoever they are uh, are lightening up, taking care of the business on the May contract. Uh, July still has uh, you know just right at thirty thousand bales of on call versus five thousand. 
purchases. Uh, $30,000 uh, contracts, you mean? Right. Yeah. And it's a okay. versus 5000 contract. And I'm, I'm rounding it off. Uh, still, you know, that's still a... Uh, I mean, it's not a lot, but that's a little upward pressure for July, okay. Uh, okay. in my opinion. I may be wrong, but I wanted to, just to get you to comment on that. Uh, I commented last week that I thought it was, and I, I don't want to use the word bullish, but it's supported, that ratio of 30,000 versus down to 5,000. Oh, I think you're right, Oway. I think, you know, a, a six-to-one ratio... It's not uncomfortable, but it's certainly in that area code. Um, yeah, okay. So <laughs> well, before I say it again, I wanted to get your blessing. Uh, because I, I, well, I, as, as you say, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's manageable, but it's, it's getting to the area where it could add up with pressure on, on the July contract. Uh, and, and if it happened put, to come on a, on a day when, when uh, the hedge funds were getting when everybody else was in a long attitude, you know, the hedge funds got ramped up or whatever, there might not be that many people on the other side, and there might be kind of an inadvertent kind of squeeze situation. We've seen that before. So. Yeah, okay. Thank you. I just, and just, Pat, if I may, I want to ask one more question. Uh, John maybe has done a better job of keeping up with uh, Jennings versus uh, Classings than anybody else, at least anybody I have seen. What is the latest that you have seen, John, on Classings versus Jennings? And more particularly, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like Classings have come to a halt. Uh, they've slowed. Yeah, they've certainly they've they haven't changed much in the last few weeks. So the so as of yesterday, there were 14.6 million statistical bales now that's assuming 1.03 and that was the question i was going to ask i i hear i hear some twitter chat about low low bale weights and and maybe there aren't maybe what's been classed does not convert to 14.6 million so that that's a question um using average conversions there'd be a hundred thousand bale gap OA. And that's okay. that's what I've kind of been updating using an average conversion. But the question is, is this year below average? Right, right. Are the, are the so, running bales actually lighter? If uh, running bales are actually lighter, I, my algebra may fail me. And not only does it fail me now, it fail me on test as well. Uh, the uh, that would mean that. Uh, production would be even smaller than uh, what many people are suggesting. Okay. Uh, well, you're right, John. I, I was going to say, John, I'm, use, I'm using a little bit lighter conversion, and that's why I'm coming up with maybe 14.55 to, to maybe okay. as much right. as 14.6 right. right. million, depending on how many but, how many classings we get. Uh, um, did you say... What were the number of classings as of yesterday versus the week before? I think last well, week already, were only like six or seven thousand bales. Yeah, they don't. They haven't changed much. I already convert. I get the number from Carolyn. Already converted, but it's fourteen point six. Okay, but that's using one point oh three. And where is USDA now? Is it fourteen seven? Uh, they're they're still fourteen seven. Yeah. 
and Gerald, correct me, uh, you, you indicated June. I thought USDA said they would make adjustments in the month of May. Now, obviously, they do give us a final production report in June, but historically, they would uh, postpone any decision past January out to May. But And I thought they said that this year, but that's just me thinking. I'd have to go back I, you know, and I, check that. Yeah, I thought the final production number came out in the May, you know, May report from from NAS, but maybe I'm remembering well, I, wrong. Well, we may be splitting hairs versus USDA's June uh, release versus that's not supply demand versus USDA's supply demand uh, report that comes out in May. What, but well, uh, you know, a, a couple of years ago, maybe it was three or four years ago, I don't know, it seemed like Kansas was ginning into, you know, July. Right. <laughs> and yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so there were, some, there were some adjustments that went on, you know, a lot later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, away, I've got a question I want to direct to you, and I, I know this is on most people's minds. You know, we, we're just looking at this crop report that just came out, and, of course, we're talking about demand. But, but here's the question. As we get into May, and we don't see uh, anything uh, that helpful as far as rain goes in West Texas. Matter of fact, if we go through May and we're not really seeing any significant rain, talk to us about where you see December cotton moving. Well, I think the market is beginning to build a premium in versus for drought, but uh, I think it's very scared to do that now that we're in the low 80s and maybe go up to the mid-80s. But uh, if we just keep clicking right along, and uh, as my weatherman suggests to me, we're not going to get the million-dollar rain in on, over Memorial Day that we always get. I've got to take this market uh, somewhere up between about 88 and 98 cents a pound for December. I, I think there's a... I think just based on the numbers we have now, assuming that we can find cotton to ship overseas and we get the Chinese sales, I think that is an 85-cent market slightly higher, most likely. And then as we get into the drought scenario, with a total lack of subsoil moisture, I think we are down higher. And then once you get cooking that way, you know, what's a dime? It, it may be six cents. It may be 14, 15 cents. So the specs will come back to cotton then. Okay. You know, and, and not only West Texas, but, uh, you know, down in, along the coastal bend and in South Texas, it's been been pretty dry. They, they need a rain, too. I mean, you've got a crop that's uneven at best. Some guys have pretty decent stands. Other people have some stands that are kind of thin. I hear... I hear some of these growers are, are plowing up these uneven stands that they had and then dry planting again, in which case if they get a rain, fantastic. You know, they've got a much better chance to make them a better, more even crop. Uh, but if it doesn't rain, you know, it's going to get zeroed out. So, um, but, you know, other folks have a decent stand. They're just waiting for some moisture. And there's probably, you know, the general feeling is is that this crop can the crop in, in that coastal bend area, the stuff that's, um, it, 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 it can probably go for another two, maybe three weeks w without any rain before they really are going to be in, in a hurt. 
Okay. If this moves on over, as, as this materializes, if it does, it puts that much more pressure on the Mid-South and Southeast crop because the world will come looking to the U.S. for quality. And without any moisture, we're going to have some some micronair problems in, in what we can harvest in West Texas and the rolling plains and in Oklahoma. Uh, so it will tend to give to, to give some sort of a boost to a premium for Mid-South and Southeast growth, assuming that they get their weather. Uh, as per normal, uh, you know the hurricane people are out with uh, extra one additional major hurricane compared to last year, and we had a uh, record of named storms somewhere up to thirty. They're not looking for about sixteen to twenty this year of named storms, but uh, they're looking for more one additional more uh, killer storm. But yeah, I, I know that's suppositions down the road, but. Uh, some people don't have much appreciation for long range weather. I, I do. Uh, at least it served me well as I have viewed Texas over the years uh, uh, based on the weather folks that I follow. Okay, so a- as we look at OA, your projection of 85 as things are as possible in December and then with uh, the drought conditions, maybe we get up in the mid-90s. Uh, Gerald and also John, give... Give us your targets. Is that about what you're thinking, or what 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 are your what levels are you looking at? I'll just chime in. That's exactly what I'm thinking. That the 95, you know, we could go over 90 and trade to the mid 90s. Uh, I fully expect the you know the specs to get involved in a kind of a weather market thing and jump on the bandwagon, and it's going to be a touch and go weather market. Uh, based on the things that the folks, the fellows have said, I, you know, I agree with all that. So, yeah, I think we could we could take us to the to the mid nineties. All right, Gerald. Um, yeah, I would have. You know, it, it was kind of fortunate and unfortunate that uh, the market dropped from ninety five down to seventy eight cents, seventy seven cents, in the in the sense that it allowed us to to move more volume. And that's just going to provide, I think, a bigger launching pad for us to uh, uh, to, to take off from. Um, you know, there's uh, I, I think the speculative juices have kind of fallen out of favor with this market, and, and I think with this weather situation, with the increase in, in uh, U.S. exports for this year, you know, crop problems going into this next year, you know, they're going to find reason to, to jump back on board, and, and when they do. And uh, if, if these mills haven't done a done a good job with the July contract, it's gonna it's gonna take this market a lot higher, and it's gonna pull December right along with it. And December, and I don't know that we'll be looking at the same large inversion that we saw before, just because December, you know, should really be trading on its own given the given the weather situation. So certainly, you know, back up into the. Uh, into the low to mid 90s is is very very doable on the December contract. Okay. That, oh wait, that, oh wait. Something yeah. you mentioned, and I want to ask you about this or comment on it. You had made the comment of you know once we start going, you know what's another 10, 10 cents or so, and I I think that's a statement about the funds, the big speculators. They seem to be able to exaggerate markets either direction, and if if you get this thing rolling to the upside. It's really hard to measure what they could do with it. 
Exactly, and I've heard Gerald mention that before, too, last several months. You know, the last several months, we've been real bullish, and the market's kind of failed us and put a little egg on our, our, our faces. But, uh, you know, you look at Washington, D.C., and you see all these helicopters taking off and just dropping money all over the United States. Uh, that, money's <laughs> that, 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 that money's in the speculative market, and it's just if a market gets going, the specs start coming back to cotton. I mean, a dollar is no hill to climb at all. Uh, particularly, think in terms of uh, whether we're right or exactly right. Carryover is somewhere between 3.7 and 3.4 million bales, and then you get uh, some some continued drought in West Texas. Uh, man, a, a dollar is nothing. We 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 blow past that. Uh, but yeah, demand's always out there. Of course, demand is outstanding right now. I mean, it's, it's not only is it outstanding; it's getting better by the day. But so you know, a dollar cotton scares some of that. But we've got to have some quality if we're going to ship it. In, any other comments? Because I like I like closing on the dollar talk. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> any, anybody else got any other thoughts here? Well, the last time we we talked to Dollar, we kind of got bit in the butt a little bit. <laughs> and, well, that's uh, right. <laughs> He's bullish But I think we've got a little more fundamental uh, oomph behind uh, the, the talk this time rather than just technical oomph. All right. Well, that's right. Yeah, that, that, that's right. All right, well, let's, let's just wrap it up, and, and uh, uh, thank you guys for participating, and uh, it was an excellent program. Uh, we appreciate that. We thank BASF for uh, their help and support and making this possible to you because I don't think there's an area that farmers need more help on than marketing, so this is something I think that's valuable to them. So we appreciate that, appreciate our speakers, and appreciate you, our listeners, and we will see you next month. Thank you. Thank you, Pat.